Afternoon, everyone. Hello. So I am really excited to introduce our final speaker of the day, Karina Wilshire. She is the partner and global CEO of Anomaly. And she is here today to blow up the definition of creativity. So please put your hands together to give her a very, very warm welcome to the stage. Hello, everybody. Firstly, I'm completely impressed that there's anyone here, given the sunshine and it's Friday afternoon. So I'm very conscious of that, and uh, I will do my best to uh, get you out of here quickly. I do acknowledge that I am probably the last thing standing between you and the bar and the sun and the weekend. Uh, and uh, by my own admission, I've also got a hoof over to the other side of town because I'm seeing Jerry Seinfeld tonight. <laughs> the second thing that I wanted to say, I'm, I'm also conscious that um, given it's the DNAD that I'm here talking about blowing up creativity. So it doesn't really feel very on brand for DNAD, just given, you know, um, I'm sure you've all got a massive taste now of the, the caliber and the quality and, 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 and DNAD's mission really, which obviously focused completely on creative excellence. And it, it, and it is, you know, quite frankly, the global creative accolade. Um, but but my, my, my talk today uh, is really about, yes, blowing up the definition, but it's a commitment to creativity. It's about expanding uh, creativity. And I think just given who you guys are, uh, the moments that you are in your career and entering the industry. This is really a bit of an invitation or a call to arms to, to challenge the industry and to challenge the status quo of the industry. Yes, starting with creativity, but everything uh, that goes alongside that. So blowing up the definition of creativity um, and uh, what a time for new blood right? What, what a time. It is definitely a moment in time for the industry. Um, and I am sure nobody here is immune from uh, the conversations and the pressures around the industry, the demise of creativity, the challenges of agencies, the complexities within client organizations, the budget pressures, etc., etc. There's tons and tons of doom and gloom, quite frankly. And yet, on the other side, um, we're in a time when there couldn't be more opportunity, I think, right? Technology and everything that it presents us is just extraordinary. And so this is, uh, this is it reminds me, at least, of the opening of uh, Tale of Two Cities, right? And it's very much a mindset. You can see the, the industry and this moment in time in two very different, different ways. So it was the best of times. <laughs> It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. The epoch of belief, the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light, the season of darkness. And, and for, for, for me and hopefully for you guys, you know, it is just a choice. It's a simple choice. Um, whether you see everything before you as you enter the industry or you have that kind of... Um, you, you listen too hard to all of the negative conversations. Uh, so a little bit of context of me, about me and my um, 
entry into the industry and my relationship with DNAD. So I'm very conscious I am going to sound really old to you lot. Uh, I've been a member since 2002 uh, with the DNAD. I have been fortunate enough to win um, work that stretches across the whole portfolio of pencils, um, even been lucky enough to be attached to the very rare breed of a black pencil. Um, and so I'm a massive supporter of uh, DNAD. Um, but a little bit of history, just as context. So I started my career um, quite a while ago. Um, and I had been, after university, I wasn't as organized as you guys. I definitely wasn't, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Uh, other than go traveling. So that's what I did. So you're already ahead of me because you're here exhibiting and winning stuff. Um, when I got back, everybody, if all of my peers had already been fortunate enough to get uh, a job and a, you know, a, a, a foot in the door in various places. So my father um, at the time said, well, if you know how to type, you'll be very employable. Uh, so definitely showing my age. So I went to a typing course and I learned to type and through that I got an interview at a below the line agency that doesn't even exist anymore um, and it was to be the PA for the head of account management there and I, and I, and I walked in slightly obnoxiously uh, saying I really want this job but I only want this job because I sort of want the next job um, and he was kind enough to take me on uh, I had that job for three months and then he put me into account management and I thought I've really made it uh, because I was doing ads for uh, TV rental stores. Rent this now, get these free. Does what it says on the tin, but very effective advertising. Um, I then moved to a proper agency. So I moved to, uh, again, lucky enough to get a job at Low Howard Spink, which at the time was... Um, you know, really the pinnacle of creativity. And it's there I learn about DNAD. Uh, and I was working with uh, uh, a now very famous team and directors, um, Paul Sil Silburn and Vince Squibb. And uh, one of them said, oh, no, you really need to get your head around proper, proper work, you know, and, and learn the craft. There are these things called DNAD annuals, and they come out every year and they capture all of the best work. So go away. If you're going to work with us, they were, <laughs> they were real creative lovies. I loved them, but uh, they said, if you're going to go and work with us, then you have to kind of go and understand it. And, and I did. And, and at Lowe's, I was able to work on amazing campaigns like Smirnoff Through the Bottle. I learned the craziness of like working with someone like Tony Kay, who went AWOL during a production with Joan Collins and Olympus Cameras. Um, but it was a really, really accelerated learning uh, time for me. And within a year, I was really fortunate and found myself being listed in the DNAD magazine, uh, the annual, the following year. Um, so that was Lowe's, uh, which I loved. But then um, there was a new startup in town called Fallon McGilligat at the time. Um, I joined the agency when there was about, I think I was employee 14, 
to uh, work on Skoda, the Skoda account, and that was um, went on to be an incredibly award-winning uh, campaign. Just the simplicity of leaning into the fact that the product had completely been transformed by VW ownership. Uh, and so all of your perceptions of Skoda and the badge were completely different. So I just love work like this where there's really nothing but confidence and smarts around the idea and the writing. So it's a Skoda Honest, no really. Um, and then uh, I was there for 10 years, uh, grew up and grew the agency to um, become a partner. Um, we were agency of the year uh, in consecutive years. Um, we were the most awarded agency in the world at the time, according to the Gum Report, and we had a couple of bankers, uh, which some of you might know, I don't know, you're probably too young to know, but uh, Skoda Cake, Sony, and Cabri Gorilla was the, uh, was the film that was so breakthrough that it won the black pencil. Um, I'm actually just gonna play you uh, the Sony Balls TV commercial because I, for me at least this was the um, the classic definition of creativity. And 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 that for me is you know genuinely world class creativity. It's a product story told beautifully. And I remember um, Juan Cabral, who was the uh, creative who uh, developed that, he came to us with the script and it, said, it was a piece of paper and it said, um, we see, he said, I've got it, I've got it. It's all about color, because that's the sort of product differentiator. And the film is, we're gonna see hundreds of multicolored bouncy balls bouncing down the streets of San Francisco. And we were like, oh, that's, that's cool. That sounds really interesting. Go and write it up as a script. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he came back the next day, and it was the same piece of paper. And it was like, we see hundreds of <laughs> colored balls bouncing down the streets of San Francisco. And we're like, oh, I get it. We don't need a script. But what we do need is extraordinary commitment um, to the creativity, right, to the craft, so the choice of music, the, the decision to do it for real in camera, um, and all of those production decisions. So this is all the stuff that you know and will get to know, but it's coming up with the idea is one thing, being able to protect it and sell it and produce it and, you know, so that it manifests in, to something like that. And I remember when we played it for the client, and the client said, I forgot to breathe. And I just thought that was like such an amazing, amazing response that uh, essentially a TV commercial can have. So that was Fallon. Uh, and, and I was very, very happy there for 10 years uh, in, a, in a, an extraordinarily strong and positive swim lane of creativity. But it, it was definitely a swim lane. And then I moved um, to join Anomaly um, because, because of that swim lane, basically. So I was very keen to expand my own learning, but also the definition of 
creativity. And I think that is the, really the basis of uh, my talk today. So I don't know who, anyone who, if anyone knows anything about the company. We're 15 years old. The very, very premise of the company is to break down all of the silos that exist or can exist within the industry that puts creativity very much into very clear verticals. Um, whereas actually, if you have a much more agnostic perspective and you just embrace creativity in its broadest sense and apply that to genuine business problems, you can have a mu much more fun uh, and a much greater impact. And as I went around the work that was exhibited today, it's really clear what was so super energizing is that the, the types of creativity now versus sort of when I came into the industry is already just feeling so much more energetic and progressive. Um, so what, what, why did we set up Anomaly and why am I talking to you about uh, redefining creativity? Because um, the context has completely changed, right? The beautiful TV spot that I showed you, it's few and far between and it just doesn't work and you don't need to be limited importantly. So the world has completely changed. So these are two images from the inauguration of the Pope. Um, so the first one, you know, everyone's there, super excited, waiting to see the Pope arrive. Uh, a few years later, um, of course, everyone's there with their phones and you can't, it didn't happen unless you took a photo of it. So even iPads uh, up there. So from that to that, already in the number of like, it was less than five years, as you can see how people's behaviors have completely changed, how they respond to events and the real world. Um, and then you get to this, right? So this is, I love this picture because you kind of go, God, we, we are all crazy, aren't we? We are mad. Uh, so this is obviously the run-up to presidential race. Um, yeah. We won't dwell on that, what happened, but uh, it's amazing to see that people aren't even now, it's not about taking a photo of Hillary, it's all about having a selfie with Hillary. So they're not even looking at her, it's just like crazy, but, but that amount of change is, is kind of like just acknowledging what is going out in the real world, I guess, um, uh, and the fact that, as I said, the world has, has changed and will continue to change so dramatically. And it going back to best of times, worst of times, this is the best of times because there is so many new businesses, new platforms, new ways of engaging uh, audiences, new ways of making, how quickly you can make it, at what price, all of these things have changed dramatically. Um, I'm still not sure that a kid uh, doing toy reviews on YouTube um, is creative, but lots of people think so. Um, most importantly is just, as I said, recognizing that change, right? The amount of very, very established, very, very successful companies that haven't just lost relevance, that have completely disappeared because of the scale and pace of change. Everything is being disrupted. Um, and even the brands in today, whether it's your Instagrams, your Netflix, Ubers, or whatever, very soon they will, you know, who were once the disruptors, they will soon be disrupted. Um, I just bought a Peloton bike for home. Uh, and I was thinking, well, that's already, you go, first of all, there was spin class, then there was soul cycle. 
and now you don't even have to go to a class. You can have Peloton at home. So it, it, it's just uh, an amazing kind of time to be involved. And then just to, to bring this home a bit, right? Some of the crazy, great, crazy stats and behaviors. $38 billion worth of food will be ordered on apps this year. 40% of all online sales come from phones. E-commerce growing by 21% last year, but it's still only 14% of the total. Someone bought a yacht on eBay for $140 million. More than 66% of product searches start on Amazon. So what does that mean? What does that mean when we're trying to kind of like um, engage people with our products and our services? Um, by 2020, people predict that 30% of web browsing essentially will be screenless, right? What is the difference on voice? How is that going to impact your, how you approach your briefs and uh, your creative challenges? What's the value of one of these? What's the value of a thousand of these? Uh, and then as you get into the world of advertising in the industry and talking to clients, there's so many questions like, what's my Twitter strategy? What's Pinterest? What's Instagram? What's my Twitch strategy? Of course, everyone now has to be talking about a Fortnite strategy. Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat's no longer. It's all about TikTok. Uh, Snapchat glasses, e-commerce, mobile commerce, Facebook commerce, data, virtual reality, augmented reality, you kind of get the picture. And the point is not to be scared by any of that, but just to embrace it and just to play with it, because that's where the real creativity lies. Um, nobody will re remember Second Life because you're way too young. <laughs> but there was this thing called Second Life, which was the biggest thing, and everyone had to be there, and it was going to transform everything uh, back in 2007. So every client at the time was talking about what's their Second Life strategy uh, and comedy slide. This was Anomaly's office in Second Life uh, back in 2007, partly just to play in the space and learn, uh, and partly because the client needed a screenshot to be able to show his exec that he was in Second Life. Anyway, so the world has changed. Um, embrace it. And I, and I think for you guys, you are the future of this industry, and therefore, um, it is a massive opportunity for you to ensure that the industry changes too, because um, if the industry doesn't like change, you know, this is the famous quote, you're gonna, you're gonna, um, you're gonna like irrelevance even less, right? So let's start by blowing up two words that the, uh, the industry often misuses, creative and media. So let's start with creative. Shock horror. Creativity is not content from the creative department. Not just that, right? Um, so uh, your classic hipster photo here. But and, and in all seriousness, I think a lot of agencies and a lot of people have been trained to go. Creativity is really belongs to one department or one team, and we just don't see it like that. And 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 please don't see it like that at all. Because if you do, you never get to bigger, more interesting ideas, right? I think this is creativity. There's no can lion, just billions and billions of dollars, right? The whole, it, would, it took a creative thinker to come up with customers like you 
bought this and the whole recommendation. That is, a, for me, a massive creative thought being applied to business and obviously um, huge, hugely successful. Creativity, if you look at innovation and the types of product design that's now um, happening. Similarly, if you look at new platforms, creative solutions, so Uber, which was, you know, obviously just once rideshare, it's creative solutions and creative ideas that actually go, no, we're going to use that data and all of the learnings and all of the behavior to unlock new business models and new revenue streams. So that was, of course, you know, moving into eats, but now, God, you name it, scooters, helicopters, uh, Uber Elevate in terms of flight, flights in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Creativity to, to, to kind of see new possibilities. This is Tesla. Right, I mean, like just amazing vision for who they are and how they apply, again, creativity to not just business, but sustainability and to helping the world operate in a different way. Um, this one I loved. I was looking through some of the recent DNAD winners, um, Project Revoice. Um, I'm not sure if it was, was it DNAD Impact or just or core DNAD? Both. And, and, and so this was about, um, and if, you, if you're not familiar with it, I would uh, suggest to go and check it out. I thought it was amazing. So it's um, an algorithm that essentially analyzes the DNA of somebody's voice and clones it. And so uh, for people with ALS, they are able to talk naturally in their own voice, even after they physically are unable to do so. So it's sort of like creativity for, you know, actually life-changing transformation. Um, raising expectations of what retail should look like. Obviously, Apple is sort of textbooked in this space, completely changed the game when they thought about the concept of a store uh, and what that experience should be be like. So not only what it looks like and feels like, but even inside, you know, the whole notion of programming a store. So it's education, it's classes, it's like what type of content is available after school to get the kids, what type of content is available during the day to get the, you know, freelancers, etc., etc. So all of that is just extraordinary ideas. And then, of course, Amazon, again, continuing to agitate and continue to challenge everyone. So raising expectations out of how retail should work, the most frictionless experience where you literally just walk in, get what you need, and just walk out again. Um, this is one of ours, actually. Um, uh, so EOS is now the number one um, lip balm in the US. For me, this is a great example of challenging conventions uh, and disrupting a category. So the lip balm was an extraordinary sleepy category. Everything looked the same. All the products were the same. They all felt the same. Just by thinking, at, thinking about the product at a brand level, we were able to go, let's change the form, let's change the shape to make it really, really stand out. And as I said, it's the, the number one selling lip balm. The, the truth is the product inside, it's good. It's not a massive differentiator. It's all about the creative design uh, and the brand story. And this is another one. This is another one of ours most recently. So this is, um, uh, this is Dosist, which is a medicinal cannabis brand, um, which we launched towards the end of 2018. 
uh, again, completely redefining the understanding of a category. So this is out in uh, the West Coast in the US where obviously legislation is changing uh, very, very dramatically around cannabis. It's completely medicinal, it's precision dosage, and yet it looks, therefore, completely um, needs states. It looks like health and wellness, and it is so far removed from your kind of world of stoners and Snoop Dogg um, that you can then go and do this. So we just opened our now second store. Um, uh, so the dispensary has been described as the apple uh, store of the industry. Um, you know, and uh, this is my point of like actually being inspired by all of the amazing things that are happening outside. But don't worry, for all of us who still love advertising, uh, of course, you still can get a banker, right? Um, so Nike is a recent example of this where the film was absolutely brilliant, and uh, but beyond that, lent into a moment in culture and a moment in time and looked at different platforms and influence, et cetera, et cetera. So blowing up your definition and expectations of creativity would be uh, my first um, call to you guys. The second one is um, another word that uh, we have defined in a certain way historically within the industry, and that is media. Uh, media is not something that you just buy. So again, like loads of legacy behavior around, let's think of an idea, then let's by the media, or even worse, we've bought all the media, now you need to think of an idea that fits into that type of media, whereas, you know, creativity and context is all one and the same thing, right? It's two sides of the same coin. So for us, uh, and hopefully for you guys, we see everything as media, right? Absolutely ev ev everything is a way of being able to communicate and engage. Um, I have quite a lot of air miles, because I travel a lot between all of our offices. Um, honestly, the Virgin flight is probably not the best flight, but the lounge is so awesome, and the brand you know, is so strong that I still rather travel from London to New York by, by Virgin, because that lounge experience is amazing, and therefore that lounge experience is media, right? That, that beats any advertisement, because anyone who does it, all they do is wax lyrical about how amazing it is to somebody else. Um, and we worked with them years ago, actually, this was uh, for Virgin America specifically, to help launch them um, in the US. In the US, nobody really knows new Richard Branson. Um, it was sort of, at best, known as cheap mobile phones. Uh, and we wanted to attract the creative class. So before we spent any money, all we did was think about media, i.e. The, the partnerships and the placements that we could make and the associations, and by keeping good company, the effect that it has back on Virgin. So things like on the plane, the soap was you know, designed with method. Um, it was the first time that Google had ever done the in-flight tracker. So you didn't have to look at the crappy little, you know, normal one. Uh, and you get Google Maps and all of the associations of, of Google. Um, things like the luggage for the um, air stewards and stewardesses. Uh, we did a deal with Burton Skateboard because we figured they'd be walking through the airports 
and they've got really cool luggage with these little red skateboard wheels. They feel great. Uh, we ended up selling a lot of the uh, stuff um, on the, in the in-flight magazine. So you take what was initially a procurement decision, buying luggage for the staff, but if you apply a lens of creativity, you can turn it into not only a much more enjoyable product for the staff, but it begins to generate revenue. Um, so marketing at the time was the only department actually making money, which is nice. Um, again, why just have a bag when you can make a statement? Um, now, given what we have, how can you look at data uh, to maximize contextual relevance? This is what I was saying about actually the the connectivity of creativity and, and, and context now being really, really the answer of any compelling creative idea. Um, always looking for smart ways to deepen the creative experience. Um, so this is something that we often do of like, how can you combine culture um, and commerce? So we did some work uh, a few years ago for um, Johnny Walker, around Johnny Walker Blue, which is their high-end rare product. Um, uh, creating a new lifestyle, sort of uh, uh, a luxury lifestyle around Blue and the product. So yes, there was an amazing film that was just, you know, really, really uh, fantastic. But even within the film, creatively thinking about where are there other on-ramps and what's the long tail that can come from the film. Um, so how do you shop the look, right? How do you buy what the, what the talent in the film are wearing? So doing a deal with somebody like Mr. Porter, where you could literally, so you're brokering those deals and you're having a much richer, deeper experience. Um, so yes, that's commercial, but it's a creative idea that takes you to winning in that way. Um, I recently heard uh, somebody from Burberry talk about their digital strategy and their, specifically their Instagram uh, strategy and I thought they are doing an amazing job actually of course any creative mind must be looking at what's happening in fashion uh, and specifically luxury or new luxury and all of the disruption that's happening there and you're getting these amazing legacy brands that if they hadn't have changed would have been on the left side of that chart and being completely disrupted but they choose to self-disrupt by mucking about with their logos, they have the confidence to bring in new creative directors, to bring in new audiences. Um, so they, they are essentially leaning and learning from sneaker culture to bring a new audience and a much younger audience uh, into their brands. So this is just how they use, you know, what better platform really to think about that. So you've got like weekly drops happening only on Instagram, um, which I think is just, again, a, a, an amazing sort of creative solution to a problem. And of course, a bit like the Nike ad, massive statement pieces of creativity still work. So just like, why not just drop a massive <laughs> teddy bear in key cities uh, to talk about the new um, branding? You know, again, just an audacity uh, around that. Um, Leaning into frame uh, is another behavior, I guess, that, that can amplify any great idea and any great creative idea. Um, this is another Walker example, but this is Jane Walker. So the brand is, has always stood for progress, 
one of the challenges of the brand is it is, um, you know, deemed as quite a stuffy, at its worst, it's a stuffy whiskey drink for old white men sitting in a, you know, sitting in a little armchair. Uh, and our job is to completely change those perceptions uh, through a whole host of things, of course, and it will never just be advertising. One of the things that we did in the US um, on International Women's Day was change it from Johnny Walker into Jane Walker um, and uh, expanded into cultural conversations, partnerships, um, even right through to supporting the women's marches down in uh, DC. This one uh, is another example of um, leaning into frame where uh, a bit closer to home and nothing at all to do with um, the sort of commercial gains that can be had through creativity and everything to do, however, still with the power of a really, really simple idea and the commitment to uh, making it happen. So um, I'm sure everybody here is aware of the unfortunate tragedy of Grenfell a couple of years ago, a few weeks back, I think two, two or three weeks back. It was um, the two-year anniversary. Uh, we we learned, a, a team actually, it was just a, yeah, an individual team at Anomaly London learned um, that it was the two-year anniversary that unfortunately there are still a whole host of buildings um, that have the very same cladding that Grenfell had and nothing has been, you know, nothing has changed um, despite all of the reassurances of uh, the government. And so they came up with this idea um, completely proactively because they wanted to apply their creativity to do something um, in the real world. Um, and so, a very, very small team of people took their idea, we got onto the right people, um, and uh, this happened. So, blowing up two words that we often misuse, creative and media. 
Um, and I would encourage you to, in whatever field, these, I think these are sort of still true, whatever field that you go into. So from blowing it up um, to building it different and better, I just have uh, five things to think about as you go into um, you know, your career and how you can agitate for greater change um, within the industry. So five principles you could start with. There will be many, many more, um, I hope, that you can think of. But the first one is, um, you know, diversity. Diversity is uh, a hot topic at the moment um, within the industry, and rightly so. Um, I think diversity is the mother of creativity, right? So it isn't about HR. It isn't about quotas and ticking the box for the sake of it. It is absolutely all about creativity. I don't see how you can get to the richest creative expressions if you don't have diverse thinkers around you, you know, because creativity is born out of different perspectives, great debate, arguments, whatever it is. Um, and so diversity, of course, of skill sets, but also diversity of everything and embracing kind of different nationalities and different ages and different perspectives. Um, and, and, and I do think, unfortunately, we still have a long way to go within the industry. Uh, I think if you look at a typical creative department or uh, an agency or anything like that, um, there, is, there, there is still a dominance um, of one particular type so I would encourage you guys, as you kind of enter the industry, to be extraordinarily vocal, vocal about something like this and be a positive contributor uh, to the change that can happen within the industry. The second thing is uh, destroying silos, right? And to stop thinking about those swim lanes that can exist in the world of creativity. Um, there's a question or an answer or a brief or a challenge or a product or a service or a cause. There's something that is driving us to create a solution for. Um, and we would always encourage lots of different, different perspectives, all coming at the same question from different angles. So even if you do end up in a really specialist um, you know, career, I think then it puts perhaps more pressure on you to make sure that you always remember to dip out of that silo that you might be operating in, in order to expand and continue to expand your sense and definition of creativity. The third one, I think, is probably, I'm probably already preaching to the converted, but embracing the modern speed of making. Um, there are some legacy uh, behaviors that exist within industry around how much something takes, how long something takes, how much it costs to make great work and great film. And actually, as we've seen, the, the amount of disruption that is happening everywhere else, it, it's not true anymore, right? It's not true anymore if you get the right approach and you get the right thinkers. If I look at Hollywood and some of the films that are winning amazing, you know, the Oscars, and they are being produced at a 
it's a fraction, a fraction of the budget, and in some cases less than what an ad agency tells a client that a TV, a 20-second TV spot will cost. So play, get used to making it quickly but brilliantly, and, and use all of technology to your advantage. The fourth one is uh, wherever you are, you will do well if you act like an owner, right? Be accountable. Be accountable for your work. Treat the brief as if it was your company, right? It's not about an indulgent way to get a creative idea that you had before sold. You know, really, really treat every opportunity as if that was my money and my product or my brand, what would I do? Um, and then I think you will, you know, you'll just have a, A, it'll be more fun, and B, you will have a different level of application, um, and, and then you'll be successful. And lastly, uh, but definitely not least, is be unreasonable. You know, you, uh, I'm jealous of you guys entering the industry because you've got, every, you've got everything, everything ahead of you. You've got everything to play for. The worst thing that you could do is just to accept the status quo, accept the rules that are put in place, accept the processes that have gone before. And actually, you know, we often refer to the George Bernard Shaw quote. We like quotes. We, we often refer to the George Bernard Shaw quote, um, which is all about, you know, progress being in the hands of the unreasonable. So, so challenge the status quo, be unreasonable, uh, and embrace change. And that's all I got. Thank you so much, Karina. Um, we do have a few minutes for some questions. So if you want to raise your hand, if you have a question for Karina, I will come over with, with the mic to you. Can I just discount my son? Who's <laughs> 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 saying that you're not allowed to ask any questions? <laughs> No, they'll probably come and stampede over to you afterwards. All good. It always happens. Okay, well, thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Good luck. <laughs> thank you.